Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 314 and we're talking about our Mexico road trip. That's right. We'll be taking you from Cancun into the Yucatan, Campeche and Chiapas. We also briefly visited Tabasco, but I think we might skip that one because we only really ran through. Yeah. When you say ran, you mean drive. Yeah, we drove. Okay, we drove. But we drove very quickly. Well, not that quickly because of the potholes. Well, welcome to 2016. It's a brand new year and we're excited to get into it. I hope you had a good one and a good Christmas as well. So we had a really good Christmas and New Year's. We celebrated in San Miguel de Allende. We recorded our last podcast with our friends Pete and Daylene. It was really nice. Yeah, it was good. And from there, we've come down to Guadalajara, uh, which is going to be our last stop in Mexico. We're flying out from here in a couple of days' time, heading down to Panama by way of Costa Rica. Yeah, we're trying to look into information at the moment because to get into Costa Rica, we have to have outward flights or tickets, onward tickets. But we're planning on going by bus, and it's very hard to buy bus tickets online in Costa Rica. So we're trying to solve this problem, find a solution. Hopefully, we'll be able to sort that out in the next couple of days. While we're here in Guadalajara, we're spending some time with well, an old contact of Linda's, Omar, and his wife, Maribel. Yeah, it's so exciting. When I first started learning Spanish, I made a whole lot of uh, contacts through websites like Aitokai and Linguajero. And I met this guy, Omar. He was the first person I ever spoke to in Spanish. Well, just in Spanish. I also spoke to another guy in Spanish, English, French, and German. That was a bit difficult. So we spoke on Skype. And, oh my goodness, I remember it was I was so nervous. I didn't know what to say. I was really slow. I couldn't understand. It was so stressful. Yeah, so we've been in contact since then. We're friends on Facebook. And the other night was the first night we've met in person. So that was really nice. Well, today we're talking about doing a road trip around the Mexican states of Yucatan, Campeche, and Chiapas. We started and finished our trip in Cancun in the state of Quintana Roo, and we'll be talking about the eastern coast down there and Quintana Roo in a different podcast. So first of all, let's talk about where this is. Imagine that Mexico is shaped like a hook that kind of goes up. We're in the pointy bit, so the Yucatan Peninsula is in the very point, and then as you travel kind of south, southwest, you go through Campeche, Tabasco, and Chiapas. We spent about two weeks, and we were traveling pretty fast. So if you're going to go, why go? Well, I'd say that the food is a major draw card. I think when people think of Mexico, a lot of people think of food, and for good reason. It does have a very defined kind of culinary heritage, doesn't it? It does. What, tortillas? Tortillas, tacos, enchiladas, quesadillas, you know, things that are made from, from tortillas, yeah. Yeah, tortillas. Cool. So food was delicious and the various ways of preparing meats to put on them and the various combinations of salads and cheeses does make it special. Uh, the drinks are pretty special as well. I don't know if I'd say they're good or bad <laughs> when you uh, have something like a michelada, which is some, well, it depends on where you are, right? But some combination of spices and hot sauce and nuts and salads put inside of a beer. Yeah, in the most simple form, it's beer with kind of spices added. And we only just got around to trying one of these the other day. I had my first one when we were in uh, San Miguel de Allende, and I was with Pete. And we were just walking past this little stall. So a lot of people had these big beers, and we were kind of, you know, we were looking for a beer. So we stopped to ask what they were, because they didn't quite look just like beer. And the guy we talked to said, oh, it's a michelada. But it's not a michelada like you might expect. It's something a bit different. 
because it has seafood in it. So we, we decided that we'd just give it a go because why not? And it had oysters and octopus and shrimps and all sorts of things in it. And it actually was quite delicious. So that was a bit of a surprise because I'd been putting off trying a michelada because they just looked really bad. And it's not only the food that makes it worthwhile, both the modern and the ancient culture of Mexico was amazing. It was so cool going into these small towns where they were celebrating saints' days or holy days and seeing parades and festivals and also seeing more modern things like street art festivals and stuff like that just as we traveled around completely by accident, finding people dancing in the street, jazz bands starting up. All sorts of crazy stuff. Of course, one of the major draw cards is the Mayan ruins in this part of the world, and they were impressive. Yeah, we visited, I think, three or four different Mayan ruin sites that you had to pay for to go into, and a whole bunch of other ones that were just open to the public. And we found them absolutely amazing. We did start to get a bit ruined out towards the end of it. So when you're planning a trip, make sure to just choose two or three ruins that you want to visit. Otherwise, you might get a bit overwhelmed. One of the other modern wonders that are also ancient wonders are the cenotes, which are underground pools or pools where the top of the earth has collapsed. So they're like big sinkholes filled with water and uh, underground rivers flowing through them. Some of them are sealed off and other ones have kind of fresh water percolating through all of the time. Yeah, and that's a, that's a good reason to visit this part of the world because you can, for a fee, you can go in and go for a swim and it's just quite interesting. So how would we get there? How would we get into this region of the world? Well, personally, we flew into Cancun, but I would recommend flying into Merida because it's a good starting point. But you could also fly into Mexico City and travel down by bus or come overland from States or Belize or Guatemala. There are lots of options. So getting around is a good question. Uh, we hired a car for most of our trip, and that gave us the speed and flexibility that we wanted to be able to go and see what we wanted to see in the time we had available. Car hire was pretty simple, nothing surprising at all. Just be aware of factoring in petrol prices and road, road tolls, and also probably an extra 100 bucks for bribes along the way. Yeah, we were unpleasantly surprised by this. We were warned that some of the police in Mexico are corrupt. And we were very, very happy to get through our entire trip without being stopped by a police officer and asked for a, for a fine, really. But then he was happy to let you off if you paid a little bit less. So we were happy we got through our entire trip down to the last hour. So we were coming into Cancun to drop off the car, and we were going a bit fast, but then so was absolutely everybody in the road. And uh, we got pulled over by a cop and got told that we were going to have to pay a fine of some ridiculous amount. Because we were on the way to the airport, we really didn't have time to go in and pay the fine. So we offered him, you know, as we'd been told, a small amount of money to, to let us off. He didn't accept it. So we offered a bit more, didn't accept it. Finally, we ended up paying 500 pesos to get off this fine. And oh, I was so angry. Angry because we'd gone so well. We'd gone through the whole trip without having to pay a bribe to a police officer. Yeah, we did have to pay for some unofficial roadblocks up in the mountainous regions we were playing a game which we like to call Village Party or Unofficial Roadblock. It was always an unofficial roadblock. Oh, no, when we came into uh, San Cristobal de las Casas, there was actually a village party. Yes, there was. So in these cases, we were uh, surrounded by people around 100 with the road blocked, uh, with cars and very cheap handmade spike mat made out of nails, and then held there until we paid small fines, I think around 10, $10 to $15 yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, it was 100 pesos one time and maybe 50 pesos the other time, something yeah. like that. And so that was another uh, interesting driving experience down in Chiapas. But there are good bus services if this all seems like a bit too much stress. Yeah, we traveled with Ado a couple of times and we found them very pleasant and, and nice. And other people we spoke to also traveled with this bus company. There are other companies that you can go with. just depends on where you're, where you're heading. The only other thing to look out for is time zones. All of the places that we're talking about today are in the same time zone, except for Quintana Roo, which we're not going to focus on, but this is where Cancun is and one of the very popular places to, to come in from. So there's a one-hour time difference between Quintana Roo and the other states we're talking about today. Yeah, we didn't know about this when we flew in. We thought it was all just on one time zone. And then when we drove over the border into, I think we went into Yucatan, And suddenly it was a different time and we were very confused. I was reading an article about this yesterday and it turns out that they, they changed the time zone just last year in February in order to appeal more to tourists to give them an extra hour of sunlight in the afternoon. Huh, interesting. Well, let's talk about places. We're going to talk about Valladolid, Chichen Itza, Merida, Ujmal, Campeche, Palenque, San Cristobal de las Casas, and a few other little places along the way. So let's kick off with Valladolid. So we headed to Valladolid as our first stop, and when we arrived, it was pouring down with rain. It wasn't exactly the most welcoming of, of welcomes, but we really liked it. It stopped raining, we went for a walk in the evening, and we just enjoyed wandering around. We also visited a Mayan chocolate museum, and we got to taste all sorts of tasty chocolate. And we also visited a tequila store where we got to try different types of tequila, And the owner told us about how to make tequila and mezcal. And yeah, it was really interesting. Yeah, that was cool. The thing I liked about Valladolid was the kind of old colonial buildings. There was an old monastery which had fallen partly into disrepair. And at the same time, there was this beautiful church on the inside of it while all the outside was kind of crumbling away. But it was still being used a lot. There was like a, a Cub Scout or Girl Guide group or mm -hmm. some kind of local youth group that were, I don't know what they were doing there, but they were all dressed up in their uniforms and doing their thing. There was uh, service on in the church. So it was really cool to see uh, this kind of community hub that was a little bit out of the way. Yeah, we, we actually planned to spend two nights in Valladolid and use it as a base for visiting Chichen Itza. But it turned out it was a bit far away. It made more sense for us just to stay one night in Valladolid and then go to Chichen Itza on our way to, to Merida. However, if you're traveling by bus, this could be a good way to do it because a lot of people do trips to Chichen Itza from Cancun, and that's a really long way. So either go to Valladolid or Merida to do your Chichen Itza trip. Now, before we move on and talk about Chichen Itza, let's hear from Ariadna, who is the owner of the Mayan Chocolate Museum. Well, here in this factory, we are rescuing our traditions about chocolate. We want all the people know the origin from chocolate, and the Mayas were the first culture in the world who made that. And, uh, well, here we explain you how and why the Mayas made so sacred the cacao. We left Valladolid early the next morning, heading out onto the highway towards Chichen Itza. We got there early in the morning when the day was still cool, and I would say this is a great idea. Not only are there a lot fewer people with the humidity in the air and the heat of the afternoon, you want to be wandering around here in the morning. Definitely. We got there as early as possible, and it was the best plan ever. Although, unfortunately, it was cloudy, so all of our photos are, have clouds in them. But oh well. Parking cost us 30 pesos, and the entrance fee was 224 pesos. You can get a guide from about 600 pesos, about an hour for the highlights. 
We actually got a free app from the Apple App Store called M Explore Chichen Itza Audio Tour, and we listened to that on our way to the to the ruins, which I think was a really good idea to get an idea of what it was going to be like. And then we also used that to show ourselves around while our friends Janine and Ange got a guide. Chichen Itza is the most famous of all of the Mayan ruins in Mexico and probably one of the most emblematic sites of Mexico. And it's worth the effort. It takes a long time to get there if you're coming from Cancun, like many people were. But it was, for me, well worth the effort and well worth the time. It's quite a big complex. There are lots and lots of buildings to see. Pyramids, houses, different kinds of temples, as well as a cenote. So you can see where the Mayans did their human sacrifices. Yeah, it was a big place, and the facilities inside for getting drinks and snacks were quite poor. Mm. So I'd recommend bringing a big bottle of water with you. There were places where you could get uh, coffee and other cold drinks, but they weren't fantastic. So I'd say eat before and plan to eat after, but don't plan to eat inside the uh, the place itself. Yeah, didn't you go for a coffee and wait for 10 minutes and no one even paid attention to you? Yeah, I, I tried to get a coffee from two different places. One of them didn't have coffee and sent me to another place. The other place I went to, there was staff on, but they hadn't officially opened yet. And so I was, yeah, just stuck there waiting. There are plenty of people there that will want to sell you things. Anticipate seeing lots and lots of souvenirs made out of onyx, made out of wood, made out of plastic especially. Things well, like T-shirts and rugs. and There weren't too many plastic things. Most of it was quite high quality. But yeah, lots and lots of souvenirs, which kind of put me off. But then I thought back and went, well, it was a military and political center most of all, but it was also a trading center. So I guess there's some kind of historical... Uh, justification. Tr- yeah, I was going to say truthiness, because it's not quite justification. <laughs> it's definitely not truthfulness. But uh, yeah, there's something there. So from Chichen Itza, we continued on to Isamal, which is known as the Yellow Town. For good reason, it is very yellow. Many, many of the buildings are bright yellow, so it's worth a visit just for the bright colours. Yeah, we used it just as kind of a photo stop and a chance to stretch our legs after the drive, but we did climb up a pyramid on the outskirts of town, which gave us great 360-degree views around all of the area we had been driving through. So we got to see exactly how flat and how jungle-strewn the area we were driving through was. It was really dense with jungle, wasn't it? It was yeah. just we were above a town, and you could see the streets, but there was so so much greenery. There were so many trees. It really felt like you were still in the jungle. Yeah. Isamala also has a very photogenic, was it a monastery or yeah. a nunnery? It was a, a convent. A convent, yeah. And uh, that was really pretty and photogenic too. So for us, it was just a photo stop. And then we were on to Merida, where we stayed for three or four nights. It's a lovely town. Part of the reason we stayed so long was because I think we arrived on Sunday night and everything's closed on Monday and Tuesday. But we were staying right on the main square, which was wonderful because there are events put on on the main square every night. Music and dancing, sometimes street food stalls. Oh, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, it was always packed with locals and tourists, and so it gave it a real feeling of life. 
We did have some problems with parking, so check that your hotel has parking. That was our, our first lesson learned from our Mexican road trip. First place we went that had no parking, parking became a big problem. We did get a lot of help from the local police officers, though. They were very nice to point out different places we could park and suggest parking spots. It was it was good. Yeah, it was. It was excellent. Merida was one of the largest cities that we went to, so it was a good place for us to stock up on some shopping and we ran some errands and all that kind of stuff. And I'd recommend that as well. One of our favourite adventures was walking across town to find a Mayan medicine woman because Janine was looking for the soot herb that you couldn't get in a supermarket or a shop. So uh, we had her address marked in our map on our phone and we were walking all the way across town to try to find her and eventually we found her bought the herb and it was all good but yeah it just felt like a real adventure nice i really enjoyed the mayan museum which was mm. on the outskirts of town uh this is a modern museum and it details the area geographically that we're in did you know the meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs landed just outside of Merida, just on the coast, just outside of there. That's amazing. That, that blew my mind. And so learning about that, the, the geological history, and then the Mayan history and the other indigenous peoples, a little touch on that was just really cool. And it helped put everything in perspective with all the ruins that we've been going to. Yeah, I think if you're going to visit the Mayan ruins, then a visit to the Mayan Museum really helps put everything kind of in context. You get an idea of when the Mayan civilization started. I learned that it's still going. I didn't realize that. There are so many different Mayan ruins. I kind of imagined they were all from one period of time, maybe about a thousand years ago. But they're all from different periods of times over about a 2,000-year period. That was really interesting. Yeah, it's cool seeing how long-lasting that society was. And although it kind of flexed a little bit, the continuity from you know time to time was really cool. Well, from Merida on to Ujmal, which was another great Mayan ruin. That one cost us 206 pesos to get into, so it was a similar price to Chichen Itza, and a guide was also about the same price. We decided just to wander around and have a look at all of the pyramids, and there was one uh, complex that was called a convent because it looked like what the Spanish settlers thought a convent looked like. Probably wasn't a convent at all. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this is one of the ruins where you can climb up on different structures. Some of them you can't, and some, some of them you can so we, we enjoyed climbing to the top of one of the pyramids and looking out over the jungle. That was really cool. For me, this was one of the prettiest of the sets of ruins that we mm. went to. It was also one of the ones with the fewest people. So I really enjoyed that. There was stuff there that was unique that nowhere else had. So I would definitely add it to your to-do list. It was hot because we got there in the afternoon. We didn't follow our own advice of arriving in the morning because we wanted to go to this Mayan museum. But I would recommend if you can get there in the morning to avoid the heat, do that. So from Ushmal, this is all the same day, we drove on to Campeche. And Campeche was a very pretty, very colorful town with small, narrow streets and, you know, little shops opening up onto the road. Not that we could see it when we arrived because it was completely dark. But uh, we did enjoy wandering around the next day and admiring the bright colors. Campeche is so proud of their brightly coloured houses that they've actually chosen to use a picture of this as their symbol on their licence plates for cars. So that's quite cool. And uh, we found it interesting going up on the walls of the old town and looking down, we could see that a lot of the, the brightly coloured facades were just that, just facades. Behind them, there was no house, just trees growing. So they've made sure to keep the look of the town while not necessarily keeping the houses. 
My favorite part of Campeche was leaving. Okay. And I don't say that cruelly because we went and spent the morning at the beach just outside of town, about a 20-minute drive. Then we had the most amazing fish lunch. I can't remember the name of the place, but I remember it had a big picture of Ariel, the little mermaid on it. It was called Playa Gaviota. It was Playa Gaviota. That is a worthwhile stop. That was my culinary highlight of Mexico to date. Yeah, just we- this little tiny seafood restaurant off the port in pretty much nowhere. It was amazing. I think it was our food highlight of the trip, right? Yeah. So we, we sat down and ordered some beers, and then suddenly they brought all this food. It was like tapas that came free with beers. Amazing. And then we ordered some food. I think we got a fish dish. We got the coconut shrimp, which is a specialty of Campeche. We got some beef. We got a few different things to share. And by the end of it, we were so full. And it was it came into like $15 per person. It was so affordable. That coconut shrimp was something special, eh? It really was. It was what I'd call a a king-sized prawn. Um, You know, it was very large shrimp done in grated coconut batter and then covered in coconut sauce. It It was was amazing. So good. So good. It was a really long drive from there to Palenque, which is where we stayed next. Palenque is where we stayed beside the little river in a cabana, like a jungle hut, right? Yeah, yeah. It was quite interesting. It was a nice change from the uh, hotels and hostels we'd been staying in up until then to stay in a cabana. But it was kind of glamping rather than camping. There was a swimming pool. It was a very comfortable uh, kind of camping area. We didn't have Wi-Fi, though. Ah, true. So the cabanas were outside of town on the way out to the ruins of Palenque. And the ruins of Palenque is where we had our biggest... Mayan jungle adventure off our trip. Yes, it was amazing. So to actually enter the ruins was really cheap, only 64 pesos. But just outside of the the entrance, there was a sign advertising a guide. And the guide would happily take you into the ruins or he'd take you into the jungle. We, we asked, why would we go into the jungle? And he said, well, only a very small percentage of the ruins have actually been excavated. Most of them are still covered by jungle. So if we wanted to, we could go and explore some of the jungle-covered ruins. And we looked at each other and we thought, actually, yes, we would quite like to do this. So we hired the guide and we went off into the jungle. And we walked over all of these ruins that were covered by trees and plants. They were all part of the same ruin complex of Palenque. Yeah, we also got to see howler monkeys up in the trees above us. And my favorite part was when we came to this beautiful outdoor swimming pool, which was fed by an aqueduct, which brought water in and then brought water out again. In fact, the whole Palenque complex is filled with aqueducts where the Mayans had diverted streams to take the water where they wanted it to go and then covered it over and actually built on top of it. So that was just really cool engineering. But we had the chance to actually go in and walk through a part of this aqueduct. We took off our shoes and socks and then we went down into what I can only describe as a hole in the ground. But holding my phone out in front of me as a torch, I could see that the walls were all built. They were all kind of large stones that had been laid in there in a big V. And so we were walking through the middle of the V, feet underwater, not sure exactly where your feet were going, few interesting bugs on the walls. And we went through kind of a 90 degree turn and then another small turn to come out again in what looked like a small riverbed. So where what had been an aqueduct that had probably gone for quite some distance had now kind of reverted into a natural river. 
but that little bit that we went through was really cool. It was kind of scary thinking that, you know, the forest floor above you is just being held up by some engineering that had been done maybe 600 to 1,000 years ago. But, hey, it worked. It was definitely an adventure. That was one of the major highlights of our trip. And he didn't even say what he was going to show us. He just said, oh, I'll show you some of these ruins. And the things that we enjoyed most were things that, I don't know, that you couldn't really predict that you were going to see. By the time we got back into the main area and went into the excavated part, I think we were all a bit hungry and a bit tired, and we had seen a lot of Mayan ruins. So while this was a truly impressive set of ruins, we were a bit over it. So if you are planning to do a whole day at Palenque, and there is definitely a whole day worth of things to see, I would say you either want to decide to drive back into town for lunch and back again or bring a large picnic for you, keep it in the car and uh, scoff it down between going into the jungle and going into the main ruins. Yes, you could also go to the museum if you go into town because the museum is kind of on the outskirts of the complex and it's worth a visit to see some of the things that were taken out of the, the ruins. We went at the end of our visit and we were a bit tired and not so interested by the time we got there. Before we move on, let's listen to some recordings of the the water and sounds of Palenque. I don't think I'll ever forget going for a swim that evening back at our cabanas in the pool and hearing the howler monkeys around and realizing that those were likely the monkeys that we had seen earlier in the day. Yeah, it's amazing. That was really cool. So we left Palenque the next morning and headed towards San Cristobal. On the way, we stopped at this amazing set of waterfalls. They were absolutely enormous, called the Cascadas de Agua Azul. There was a small entrance fee of a couple of dollars. You could go swimming. There were lots of souvenir shops. There were lots of small restaurants. It was a very pleasant stop. It was the perfect kind of trip break, you know, just to break up the trip a little bit and relax, go swimming, have something to eat. It was very nice. Unfortunately, the water wasn't blue when we were there. It's called the Cascadas de Aguazul, which means the blue water waterfalls. And we've seen some photos where it was really blue, but it was kind of grey when we were there, unfortunately. So we'll have to go back. Yeah, we'd had a lot of rain in the uh, preceding days, which stirred things up. Well, it's a hard drive to get from Palenque to San Cristobal, but it was worth the effort. So if you're planning a shorter trip, if you only have a couple of weeks or a week and a half, you might have to cut San Cristobal out because it's quite a long drive to get there. But we decided to include it because we thought, well, it looked really amazing and we decided to go. It was a really long, hard drive. But once we got there, we decided that it was totally worth it because it was one of our favorite stops on the whole trip. Yeah, vale la pena. Yeah, vale la pena. It was so worthwhile. What made it worthwhile? I don't know, just the atmosphere. It was one of these old colonial towns that have beautiful streets, really well kept up, a nice atmosphere. I found it interesting because there were a lot of street sellers, so people coming up to you and selling things, which I don't like. But it didn't take away from the positive feeling of the place. Mm, I really liked our evening meals there. We always had a nice place to sit. We always had kind of a comfortable environment. We had good wine. We had good food. And food, while amazing in Mexico, the quality of it could be up and down a bit. That's true. You could pay $5 for something amazing and $25 for something rubbish. So in San Cristobal, I found maybe we lucked out, but everywhere we chose to eat and drink was great. That's right. 
St. Christopher is one of these towns that have a lot of churches. So we took lots of photos of churches and just wandered around, enjoyed the, the feeling of the city. And one thing I really enjoyed was the Nabalom Museum, which is a house museum that was, the house was owned by a couple of anthropologists who worked with local tribes. And so it documents their work and how they interacted with people from these tribes. And it was really, really interesting. Yeah, it was. Well, San Cristobal was our last stop. It was up in the mountains. It was a bit cold. And from there, we just put the pedal to the floor and drove straight back to Cancun. Well, more or less. By which I mean, it took us three days to drive back to Cancun because we were a long way. Maybe I can't remember exactly, but I'm thinking about 800 to 1,000 kilometers of not straight roads to get back. So we drove up to the on-ramp to get on the motorway, and it was blocked by police officers. And we thought, okay, it's blocked, fine, maybe there's been an accident. So we, we looked on our GPS and found another way. Got to another entrance for the motorway, blocked as well, we couldn't get on. So we had to find a completely different way to get out of San Cristobal, which meant driving up into the mountains, and that was when we had to pay these bribes. So it was an adventure, or an adventure and a half. It was slow, the roads were very potholed, it was maybe a little bit dangerous. But we did manage to get away. So we stayed one night in Frontera in a very basic hotel, then moved on to Ciudad del Carmen, which we kind of ran through. We just drove through it. We didn't even stop. And from there, our next stop was a place I still can't pronounce. I think it's Chapuchil, but I'm not sure. Chapuchil? I don't know. So there are ruins around there. In fact, there are three really close together. And we'd been told they were some of the most interesting and some of the best in all of southern Mexico. Unfortunately, we had no more time. We had a plane to catch, and we were kind of ruined out as well. We, was, could have, we could have squeezed in half a day if we wanted to drive in the dark, but we decided to, uh, to just keep moving. The next night we stayed at the Bacalan Lagoon, which was very nice. We went swimming and just relaxed. We had a little cabana there as well, which had Wi-Fi this time, so that was nice, and some really nice food. And from there, it was time to drive back up towards Cancun. I think we stopped in Tulum, so we had one more set of ruins. Yeah, we'll talk about that in our next podcast. That's right. I think we've talked long enough. So next time around, we'll be talking about all of the cool things on the coast in the same area of Mexico. And uh, we'll also be coming to you, hopefully, from Panama. So we'll catch you up on that trip through Costa Rica. I'm sure that's going to be an adventure and a half. Catch you then. Hey guys, we'd really like to hear from you. So if you want to send us an email, send us one at mail at IndieTravelPodcast.com or get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Pinterest. And also please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you can. We'd really appreciate it. I completely forgot to say we've completely rebuilt Indie Travel Podcast and relaunched it with a brand new look and a brand new feel. It's much faster. It's much easier to get around. Search function's much better. So come and drop by IndieTravelPodcast.com and check out the work we've done there. We're really, really proud and happy with the redesign. Yeah, please come and let us know what you think. And if you see anything that's broken, tell us because, you know, we're looking for those things. Well, I think that's us for this week. Until next time, travel well.